Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Delicious Podcast with me, Julie Smith. And this week, Donald Skeen blogger turned food writer, TV chef and former pop star. As we settle down to find out about his new book, Meals in Minutes, and to get a slice of his life, I had to start by asking how he so nearly became a Eurovision Song Contestant for his native island. It was actually in Limerick and it was the Euro Song Competition because I didn't actually make it to the Eurovision Song Contest because I was beaten by a childhood hero of, uh, he's basically a puppet, went went to Eurovision that year. You can say his name. Dustin the Turkey. (laughs) And ever since I take great joy in cooking the Christmas dinner. So it's been, you know, these things come around and it's fine. Uh, Dustin, also known as the most subversive name in Irish television. Really? Yeah. Okay. Wikipedia must be true. So you managed to get over that. Yes. You, you moved on from your boy band world as yes, well. Yes. What was the standout moment of your boy band career? Well, so I was, I was in a boy band very, very briefly, but I was in a mixed pop band that did really well and we got to support the Pussycat Dolls and we played in front of six... Industry. Industry, there you go. Oh, she's done her research. Look <laughs> at that. Uh, but we, we supported the Pussycat Dolls and we played in front of 16,000 people. And that is standout highlight moment of of that career it was I mean as much as I love what I do now you possibly would never get the high that you get when and we had just gone uh, number one with our single in in Ireland at the time so people were singing back the song to us and it was like oh my god we've made it this is it this is my life forevermore and of course like nine months later you're out and you're you know everything's all over and done with but but it was an amazing time and you know and it was also I was only like 21 22 at the time so it was very much kind of when I when I was much younger and it's it's so funny like you know I've written eight cookbooks I've done like 22 TV shows and still to this day I'm answering questions about that bloody band. <laughs> it's funny isn't it because everybody wants to be a rock star. You know yeah. everybody can imagine that moment and that's where, the thing. where the audience sings back to yeah. you. That must yeah. be the best moment and in the world and you've just said it is. It is 100% and you, the problem is you get a taste of it and I think you know in, in I, it's, Sophie my wife always says you know like when she sees me doing like cookery demos and stuff she's, she can see the glint in my eye when you know you're you're performing like there's a performance element to it and, and I think like like if you if you told me tomorrow I'm going to play the O2 with the band we're back getting back together I'll be there in a heartbeat I definitely don't think it's a long term career <laughs> or that any of our fans would turn up but you know at the same time you know that 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 feeling I would love to touch again you know it was an amazing experience so with your eighth cookbook do you feel 
that there's anything in your chefing career that ever touches that moment. You know, you're on telly, you've got your 290,000 Instagram followers. You know, you're a you're a hero. My 19-year-old in Cambodia goes, oh, you're interviewing him. Always oh, good. Yeah. You know, is, does, is, there a, is there a relationship between that kind of adulation and what you do now? I think you come to realise very quickly when you've had that touch or that, that sense of adulation is that it's not sustainable. And I think that's why, you know, people go off the deep end with, you know, with all those sorts of you know that the intensity of that sort of lifestyle and career and you know I, I think you have to be a very balanced person to kind of absorb that and thankfully we we got a taste but we were out of it very quick and um i you know what i found as well in, in life in general is that you know when you go down the route of trying to kind of seek those big highs you are always you have to set yourself up also that the lows will come so yeah. i i try and find a little bit more balance in life than than those days and actually you know i, I still get them i mean when i got first got the gig to host saturday kitchen and um, that first time like uh, that that same feeling those same butterflies were there in my stomach and you know that moment where they say okay three two one you're live and I, it's saturday kitchen you're donald skiing and blah Blah, blah, here we go but I think it's that same feeling you have in different in different senses and and I think it's it's always but everyone has it like you know as much as like everyone has it in different aspects of their life if you have to stand up in front of you know a class and speak for the first time it's it is that moment where you have to push yourself out of your comfort zone and, and I think that's what that initial kind of band industry you know was like mm. for the first time like when you walk out onto a stage in front of 16,000 people you are pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and you have to do it you have to get up there and you have to perform and so no it, it's it's fantastic I think in what I've realized and what I've learned is that you know you get you get that same sense of adulation in, in different ways and and probably more sustainable ways yeah. is what I would say yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you've been cooking since you were four years old mm. were you actually cooking during that band time for example yes I used to drive them not because I would, I was really big into meal prep back then, and so I actually still am. But yeah. um, I mean, that's the essence of your book. That's the it? essence of the yeah. new book, yeah. But I mean, with that, with that, because we were all kind of eating healthy, and we all had the trainers, and you know, all this sort of scenario, like the proper band experience. Um, but I was always making the salads for us before we go out on the day and we'd do like tours. Tupperware packs. Oh, I had the best Tupperware packs. My, I brought them from America and you know, they were these fantastic ones that had like a little pouch in them that had the dressing. Oh. So you'd make up your salad and then you make up the dressing separate and then you just pressed the button <laughs> on the salad dressing thing. It would explode into your salad and you shake it all up. So that's how, oh God, that's you've look, you've just got an insight into I how, how I've just seen, I am. I've just seen your 14 year old bedroom. <laughs> oh God, it didn't look like there was no Tupperware <laughs> but no I, I think you know I, I grew up with food and like I mean I wasn't cooking it for I was you know I was cooking with my mum and you know you in the kitchen pancakes. I was flipping pancakes yeah. and things like that but certainly not you know full meals but that love of food from that age was always key and and during the band funnily enough I had just I had started a food blog I think the year before so I was I was writing uh, recipes and I was writing wow. uh, about uh, food at that stage and I got a cookbook deal with an Irish publisher and um, just when the band it was that weird moment of like the fork in the road of like am I going to be a, a member in a pop band or am I going to be a food writer and realistically they kind of happened at the same time in some senses because I was and I remember that specifically we had uh, we'd ha gone on tour after the first single had gone number one and um, we were touring the country and I was in the front seat of the car with my laptop listening to uh, our, our uh, tester or recipe tester giving me notes on the recipes that I had sent through and so everyone in the, in the car had to be super quiet and so they all remember this that I was still doing the edits on my cookbook my first cookbook when I was in the band and then I think by the time the book came out the bat we had come to I think we, the the first two singles went uh, number one and then the third went to like number 
45. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> so, and thankfully the book had just come out at the same time. So, um, and quick, very quickly that I knew which for, which, which direction on the fork of the road I was going. Which, which year was that? That was around 2009. 2009. Yep. So, I mean, there was quite a sort of, I mean, Jamie Oliver had been out there as well by that time for nearly 10 oh, years. God, and yeah. you know, he was quite sort of pop star wasn't he? And were you kind of encouraged, inspired at all by that? Jamie was a big inspiration. I mean, when I, because I always got cookbooks for Christmas, for Christmas and birthday presents, even, you know, when I was about nine or 10. And like, and most kids would be like, uh, here, what do you talk about? Like, but I genuinely got excited by cookbooks, and I do remember I got J- Jamie's first book with you know with the full the surfer hair and the yeah. surfer shirt and all that. And you know, at that time, you know, when I was cooking in the kitchen, and like it wasn't the cool thing to do. It wasn't you know, and and in fairness to Jamie, he he certainly made it uh, you know accessible and ma- and certainly for a, from a male point of view, you know, he was he he managed to put cooking back in the hands of of you know of home cooks as well, you yeah. know, and kind of revitalize that from. I mean, as much as I love Delia Smith, it was very kind of a mumsy kind of approach to cooking, yeah. and and Jamie did inject a little bit of coolness to it. Mm. No offense to Delia, and I'm a huge fan, but <laughs> but you know. Um, um, I, I haven't seen Jamie doing little dainty shortbreads and things like that. Not, not that's that's all Delia does, but um, but no, I think in that sense, you know, he he certainly kind of um, at, from a twelve-year-old Donald's point of view, he was very much allowing your you know this to be a kind of a very much a cool thing to do. So yeah, yeah for sure, he's an inspiration. And it was, I mean, you know, plenty of chefs in the kitchen, but they were quite posh and they were a bit sort of you know their high hats and their whites and that that wasn't appealing to blokes in the same kind of way. Not at all, and and I think what Jamie he managed to do also you know and, and that gen- you know that generation that he was kind of part of you know the it was the the two fat ladies and Jamie and you know that that's that era of television was kind of making food cool on TV again and you know it wasn't just instructional home economics style you know presenting now it was kind of lifestyle and you know it was getting part of that and I think that was certainly something that attracted me to to that side of things um you know I, I think my my take on it was that you know I just I loved I was I used to literally my mum used to always go why are you watching this with me and I'd be sitting with a notepad you know taking down notes on recipes and you know but I so like I love those shows growing up and and I think it certainly played a part in in what I wanted to do and I never never thought it would be something I would end up doing but here we are I mean that's really fascinating so was your mum a really good cook my mum was a great cook yes and she still is um I argue that I'm better now but you know that's that's when you get the clip around the ear and you're in trouble um but no I think uh she certainly kind of was the inspiration I, I mean, as much as she taught me to cook, I was always inspired. I was always, having grown up with traditional Irish food and the more classic recipes, I was always excited about the kind of the more alternative ingredients. And I loved going into the Asian market in Dublin and, and exploring new ingredients and trying new things. And I would always bring things back home to play with. And my dad was, as much as he's not, uh, he's not as good at cook as my mum, which he'll readily admit himself. Um, he always, because he worked in fruit and veg and um, they now supply supermarkets across Ireland with, um, with produced um, foods as well so like they're, they're multifaceted business but at the time he was he was mainly kind of um, wholesale fruit and vegetables and uh, so he'd always come home with something new and in season and uh, you know he would always give me the challenge to come up with something to do with that so it was very much um, it was very much a part of like just how I grew up and yeah. and I think you're absolutely right I think that idea of you know how how TV had an influence on where what made it cool again to kind of be in the kitchen and doing those sorts of things um, was certainly influenced by that. So 
that that nerdy young man mm-hmm. uh, growing up, you know, taking notes, um, putting things in Tupperware. I mean, yeah. that that's very much what the book is about. Yeah. You know, you say it's about saving time, but actually it's about being super organised, isn't it? It really? is. And I'd love to admit that I'm like that all the time. But, you know, I think like most people, we dip in and out of the way we cook in the kitchen. And, and likewise, you know, I've written eight books and not all of them are meals and minutes. Some of them are the slow cooked, you know, dinners over the mm-hmm. stove that you spend a Saturday making. Yeah. Some of them are, you know, baked things that really take two days to make or whatever it is. But with this book, you know, I really wanted to find a, a functional um, a functional book that, that created, you know, ease in the kitchen. Mm. And I think going back, looking at, you know, the success of um, my recipes on, and online uh, from YouTube to the TV shows, it's always been because the recipes are accessible. I had a lady come down to my um, event last night in Toppings Books in Bath and she had all the cookbooks. She had them all kind of like um, taped together with brown tape. And, and I just love that, you know, like, like she, she said she's fed her four children on the recipes that she yeah. had from the book and like for me that's you because you sit and I'm sure you know like you, you sit and write by yourself in a room with a laptop or a computer and you tap away hoping that people are going to cook the recipes so when I hear that this book has been a part of someone's life and uh, and has kind of like almost punctuated elements of their lifestyle that's for me probably the biggest reward and Meals and Minutes I, I feel so excited about because I just know it's that kind of book yeah. it's you know it's probably the most functional book I've written it's not dinner recipes it's you know there's no there's no desserts there's no nonsense it's literally how you're going to cook your dinner you have inspiration for you know at least half a year in there for sure yeah 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 yeah. and it's because it was inspired by the fact that you turned your life upside down by moving to LA and having a baby at the same time yes I don't know that we planned this out right and my wife was only saying to me I think we've chosen possibly the hardest path on (laughs) on a lifestyle possible but um but you know it goes back to what we said you know it's pushing yourself out of the comfort zone really finding things that you know that challenge you and we've always done that and um moving to LA um one of the main kind of catalysts was uh was was a tv show we had with Food Network and then the YouTube channel that uh, we had a base out there as well um but also the food oh my goodness LA as a as a food destination I think most people who visit as a tourist do not excess the wide variety of cuisines that are available in in Los Angeles and and tend to stick to kind of like the more um touristic sort of spots so I think being there and living there um, has given us the opportunity to really delve deep. And um, Jonathan Gold, who's a, who was a fantastic um, food writer for the LA Times, he just passed away only a, few, a month or two ago. But he he really opened up LA's food scene in the sense that he would go beyond the traditional restaurants and he would go in kind of deep into communities like a Mexican community or, you know, there's a, a fantastic Asian community in um in Alhambra where uh, Chengdu Taste this Szechuan fantastic Szechuan restaurant is and things that you just would never dream to go if you've just come off a flight yeah. from from London or from yeah. Dublin or whatever and um and so that that was a huge catalyst to to us moving um but I think from our point of view, you know, uh, having the baby out there has been a, a real learning process. I mean, anyone who's had a child knows how, you know, how what a life adjustment is. Yeah. And, um, you know, having it 6,000 miles away from home, if not more, um, it's it's slightly terrifying. And, you know, there are moments where you go, oh, my God, like we're doing this without family. We're doing this without, without you know, our close friends. And, and coming and going a lot, too. And coming it? and going a lot. Yeah, because at the, the first year we were out there, I was I was hosting a lot more of Saturday Kitchen. Mm. I was doing 
doing maybe once every month at that stage yeah. and um so we were flying out to do that well I was flying out to do that and Sophie would stay at stay at home and so um we tried try to take a little bit more of a back season we do it you know because Matt Matt Tebbett presents it quite primarily and there's one or two of us that kind of jump in every now and then and it's it's a lovely it's a lovely show to do but you also kind of have to bear in mind that we have this this like this large commute <laughs> slightly <laughs> longer commute than most so um I also try and kind of like I, I'm trying to reduce it as much travel and I think I probably wouldn't have been as aware of it or or kind of mindful of it except that now he's there and like I'm missing certain things when he's yeah. you know he's been away for two weeks and even even now this week you know we have a holiday next week when we're all together so I'm really excited in LA uh, no we're going to Italy we're going to Puglia actually oh really yeah, yeah. okay so top tip okay have you been to Puglia before I have been to Puglia twice yeah so where will you eat in Puglia Ooh, okay, good. Uh, so we're going to go to Pagnano Amare, um, which is my probably my favourite town there, and Bari, which is beautiful as well. Um, Pagnano Amare, there's a fantastic, re- well, it's kind of like a cafe restaurant, very cool, vibey place. Um, I hope it's still there. Um, Pescaria, it's called, and they do the most incredible, very fresh seafood. And it's kind of, uh, you know, a modern take on Southern Italian seafood. They're doing wild kind of sandwiches with uh, deep fried octopus and r- ricotta and, you know, beautiful red wine vinaigrette reduction and all these sorts of wonderful very strange things and I think I was talking to the chef and he was saying like they got all sorts of kind of stick when they first started but actually the food tastes fantastic yeah, so you're not you're not supposed to mix with this is with it Italian. this is it but this is the beauty of food and you can always adapt you can always uh, expand on the traditions and um, most Italians may may argue with that but that's a fantastic place and um, what I was intrigued at when we were in Palignano Mare was um, we ended up in this butcher shop which actually turns into a restaurant in the evenings so they would cook up some of the best meat that they would have on display during the day and then serve it up to you and it was it was no nonsense no fuss I think there was like a paper napkin on the counter and it was just stunning and then the other place uh, Barry we're going to go to um, there's it's a famous street where they, they make the orecchietti in front of you and of course they'll give you a go and you'll make an absolute mess of it but you get your big bag of orecchietti and I'm pretty sure you pay something ridiculous like 10 euro because it's probably the tourist tax um, but you you end up you know with a lovely experience and um, as I remember it there's um, a lot of the street food in Barry is fantastic as well there's this uh, similar enough uh, butcher counter um, that kind of sets up in the main sort of piazza and um they do all these kind of like uh, like tripe and all these interesting kind of like awful meats that we would never ever really normally eat and um, they make them they grill them over like you know a, a hot grill and it's just spectacular a bit of salt a little bit of seasoning and you eat it by the side of the road and that's the sort of food that I get excited about oh. that and a big giant plate of vongole I just want a gorgeous seafood linguine that's, that's my dream for next week <laughs> last question Noah Mm-hmm. 20 years on from now yes oh, there's God. the fork in the road he's offered the boy band or the cookery writer Ooh. which do you want for him Ooh, I think well I don't know I, I think he will do his own thing no matter what I say and as, as, as I'm sure you know with, uh, with young kids uh, um, I think from my point of view like I said to my mum I will all whatever I do I will always do something and I remember she, when I rang her telling her I was going to drop out of college and to go off and practically join the circus I always remember saying to, she was she said what are you going to do what are you going to do if you do this what are you going to do and I said look it doesn't matter I'm going to do something and I and look 10 years later I'm, <laughs> I, we, we've enough to show for it and she she always says that my books are way better than any um, th- uh, thesis I could have ever written so she she thoroughly enjoys that but um, but no I, I think you know with having kids like you do become a little bit more philosophical about it and, and you know what's amazing about like having a baby is that like 
they're so their own person. You think that they're going to be like you or you think they're going to be like your partner and all of a sudden it's just this completely different new person. entity yeah. and completely different so, person. Yeah. yeah, it's spectacular, but it's a, it's such a great journey to be on. Thanks for listening to The Delicious Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review it on iTunes and to subscribe so you never miss a single episode. You can find the entire archive on the brand new Delicious Magazine website and loads more new content. See you next week for 20 years of Nigella Lawson with the domestic goddess herself as she celebrates the vintage reprint of How to Eat. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.